Welcome to Waiting for Game, the new podcast from your friends at Melee Stats. So today we're going to be talking about all things SCL. Uh, from the crazy week run results to the results that week two is going to have in store for us. But first, an introduction to our lovely panel today. <laughs> So uh, I am Gimme.Wheat, tournament seeder, and part of the administrative team for the MPGR Top 100. With me is my good friend Edwin Budding, Melee's most dedicated journalist and author of the Book of Melee. And uh, our guest today is IBW, who people know as one of the greatest Melee players currently playing. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing great, Wheat. Chilling? Good. A little tired, but that's it. <laughs> yeah i i am with you there buddy um i am i'm so excited to talk about everything today because uh, beyond the summit is probably one of like the greatest gifts to melee that has it and the cool thing is in 2015 it came around it, it was this incredible thing to melee and the way they've been able to grow and just like become something new to the scene throughout time is unmatched so we have another crazy just like crazy entertaining phenomenon in uh scl week two so let's get into or uh, season two so uh let's get into what we saw in week one so i think the first thing that we got to talk about is probably some of the people who we saw qualify through levo definitely not the names that people really well one specific name that people didn't uh, think of so i guess we got to talk about Daki, right cody you are the the fox master here Let's let's hear some thoughts on uh, on the new young Fox player. Solid player, uh, solid solid player. Uh, very general analysis. There's some lazy punish game things that I didn't like, but for the most part, good ledge dashes, decent understanding of how to play. I remember I watched this set versus SJ, and I thought that he was pretty weak versus Falcon, uh, just in terms of edge guarding, especially. Uh, but overall, it seems like he has a pretty decent punish game. He's a pretty grounded Fox, which uh, is different from most of the Fox I see coming up right now. But I think it's completely fine. He doesn't like full hop a lot. That's completely fine. But overall, a very solid player. Seems to have a pretty good game plan for all the characters that I saw. Decent in the ditto. Looks pretty clean. Very good ledge dashes. I know everyone was making a making a fuss about that, but pretty accurate. Uh, looks like probably like a top 30-ish, 40-ish caliber play. Like let's say we go back to uh LAN. I would say that looks like someone who'd be like who'd be like top 40-ish, I would say. It's nuts. Yeah, he was uh he was a little bit of a hidden boss, someone who really couldn't travel. Uh that that was basically his thing. But even then he was still scoring wins on like bladewise. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen him play a peach in, in bracket, uh at like one of the Levos or anything, but uh, who knows, man. I would be so entertained to watch him play Keizu. Uh Edwin, I, I know you've got some thoughts. Like I see your your brain moving there. Yeah, so I, I actually wrote a little bit about Daki last month for as part of my uh, West Coast preview for the Smash World Tour. And, you know, I think everyone knows the, like, safe picks for the West Coast. But one of the things that really stood out to me looking through, like, all the players was just how solid Daki's resume was and how good his consistency was. Basically, just, you know, in the middle of March, as I was going through all the regional results, everything I saw about Daki just all pointed pointed to this kind of performance. Like, you look at the individual wins, they're good. Like, Lucky, Koopa Troopa, Bobby Big Balls, Quaff, Smash Daddy, Meds, Azusa. But, like, I think what was most impressive about him was (laughs) that he was just, uh, like, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't really, like, lose to people worse than him. 
and he would just continuously like go even with or go even slightly positive on everyone I would have expected him to beat or to be competitive with them. Which you so know, I like, was wondering, like going through. Sorry, what, what were you saying? No, I was gonna say sorry. Um, when we would do rankings, you know, that was something that we looked for for the new players. Mm-hmm. Like that is the number one thing for a for an eighty to 90 level player that i personally loved um you know like like we we really liked panda way back when because what he did was he would he didn't have like breakout wins before he beat axe but he would just consistently beat like ka master or Bladewise or people from florida and that's what daki has you're right like consistent wins against your tier is so important to me for establishing just like a consistent player and one who might not be the first one to get that like huge upset but would be the one to have continued success yeah because it's kind of like a you know if this person is beating all these people that you would have considered to be around his skill level and he's not losing to them it reaches a certain point where you start you you have to change your internalization of how or your conceptualization of how you see them and Daki was one of those players who i think you know, for many people, they, they might have seen him as borderline top 100. I know Deep Fox around early 2020 tried to convince me that Daki was a hidden boss at Genesis, which I thought was very funny because we had been following Daki for a while. But <laughs> I think he's reached that point where, like, if he's not on this, like, I for my uh, for my column preview, I had him in the same tier as Albert and Fat Goku, which I think yeah. for many people would have seen, like, it would have seemed a bit ludicrous if they weren't that familiar with his results, but I think he's absolutely at least within this tier of play. And I can't wait to see what more is in store for, for him moving forward. For I'd sure. say he's definitely like slightly worse than them, but it's not unreasonable to put him around the same. Like, like I wouldn't, <laughs> if someone was like, Oh, it's like fat Goku and Albert. And then like the next tier down is like Dak. You're like bottom of that tier. And they're at the top of one tier. Then I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Albert and fat Goku have been around for, for a while. So I'm inclined to think that like they, those two would probably have the advantage over him right, right now, just out of like, just out of certainty. But I think yeah. Dak is trending very upward and he looks around that like competitive with them for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Is there anyone else from the qualifier from Levo who like really stood out to us? I know that Neologism from um, Ontario, like, dude, top eight. I, I was not able to watch Levo until top eight because I was working. Uh, melee stat or patreon.com slash melee stats. <laughs> if, if you if you want to stop that, uh, stop me working. But I, I was only able to catch top eight and I only got to see him get like really clowned on by Cobol, which is very funny. Cobol is such a nice, mild mannered player. Uh, and I saw him play like, dirty versus this guy Cobol is a dirty uh, player Cobol goes for crazy crap on everyone it was very mean to watch but uh, i i enjoyed it. i love Cobol. but uh wh- what did you think of his run beforehand he had a he had a couple really solid like up and coming wins he caught my attention when he beat hacks and i and i know that's yeah, just that'll, that'll do that right when, when did he beat hacks <laughs> i want to say he beat him at four loco oh wait wait, wait yeah, yeah i remember that happening hacks has a problem with Okay, Hax is kind of sucks online. Uh, his playstyle definitely gets nerfed by like online, just the way it works. That ha- that happens for some people more than others, but he's particularly had like Falco problems online. Like every time I've seen him versus Falco, he's just looked enormously uncomfortable. Like he doesn't know what's going on anymore. It's very jarring to see actually. But Neil Logism, I played him. He's a solid Falco. He like not bad at all. He needs to work on a few things, but he's like good. 
He beat Panda and Dreffen. I'm honestly yeah. more impressed with the Dreffen win. Believe it or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many uh, young Falcos tend to beat Dreffen. I think that was one yeah, of Bobby's exactly. first wins that like really made me think that Bobby, Bobby Big Balls, is anything like to to really write home about. Um, I think that was at Pound. It was either Pound 2019 or Pound Underground in 2018. Did he beat Moki in May, really? Oh, was that uh? This was the the Moki from like. 2020 right the 2020 oh, slippy right, moki right, 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 the yeah. hank losing moki yeah, yeah. i, I love moki but uh if we can pretend like 2020 didn't exist for him i mean we're yeah. all going to pretend in our in the world that 2020 didn't exist but specifically for him online like that, that's the best way to to approach him uh so yeah i mean speaking of moki do you guys want to get into what we saw in week one like the actual matches because Moki is probably the most controversial person to be in Div 2. Uh, and as we saw, he earned his spot in Div 1. And along with that, like every other weird, crazy result also happened to happen. <laughs> like what a what a wild melee stats like loving uh, week of melee that we got. What what stood out to you guys from from the week one? Uh, you can go first. I... I loved the Aklo Kalamazoo set. That was high key. One of the, if it weren't for all the other six sets during the week, that was one of my favorites to watch. Aklo, it was, it was close. Came down to the last talk. It even featured an Aklo Link game on FD, uh, with Keizu just barely clutching it out. I thought that was a, I thought that was incredibly fun to watch. And I, I, I mentioned it earlier in the year, but Keizu's been, been on a bit of a tear. Lately, he's became the best peach so quickly that, uh, or like so gradually that I don't think anyone noticed. (laughs) It's so, so wild how like weirdly consistent his results have been. Um, and just like up and up and up, like taking up gradually. He was a stock. I won't make you talk about how, uh, how he beat you. (laughs) I won't make (laughs) you bring that up. Yeah, he was a stock. That, that set being... legitimately spiked a 400 ping. I actually don't even mentally count that set. <laughs> I almost never. I don't. So I think most people know me. I don't complain about online results at all. That set, I will complain about to the grave. That was literally 400 ping, and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do against this. Do we gotta set up a salty suite when uh, we get events back? Keizu is very good versus Fox. Honestly, the best Peach versus Fox, even when Triss in form. And Lot's actually pretty bad versus Fox. Yeah, That's no, I think a hot Ke- take. No, Keizu's actually phenomenal versus Fox. Uh, but that set was just... Not to say he couldn't have won, but I just cannot, for my own sanity, count that set. Because it was so bizarre. Dude, we gotta put an Icy's in Keizu's path. Oh my god. He <laughs> oh, doesn't he, yeah, didn't he lose like every Ice Climber for like three years? He did. Yeah, I, was... I think you could put like fluid or something there, and, and I'd be more scared than <laughs> if, if he played like Fat Goku or something. No, not it's Fat among Goku. The str- Any other among the strangest things. I I don't get it. We need to but... send him to a therapist or something. There must be something deeper, <laughs> something at the root of this. I feel uh, like it... we're kind of bearing the lead for notable results without mentioning Plup coming back. Yeah. Right. I feel like that should be pretty noteworthy, right? A triumphant return in, in the uh, in the real triumphant return, not like the yeah, not two. the triumphant returns that we've seen, uh, but like a real triumphant return where he won Levo and did it with like almost all Sheik, especially because he was he's dabbled with playing more and more Fox, especially closer to the like online era. 
Um, so to do this with like mainly sheep was definitely a statement. And then comes in and happens to run into Godorin. Godorin. How do we pronounce this? Godorin. I, no, he's a god. That's yeah, the, I thought Godorin. Godorin. Definitely a very funny name. Yeah, but, I, I, I don't know. We, I think... Uh, I, I maybe this is naivete on my part, but when he three owed or three one to or three owed Gatsu at Levo, I thought like, oh my god, you know, there was a part of me for a second that thought, oh my god, nothing's changed. Like Plup is still Plup is still like amazing. Like like I I really thought Gatsu was like you know maybe would take a set, but man, Plup Plup beat him so bad. Like like Plup is gonna destroy everyone at SEL that he plays and prove himself that he's in like the top tier or whatever. Like I, I was I was genuinely surprised at how solidly he thumped everyone at Levo. Maybe I just forgot about how good Plup was. I think that there so I watched most of Levo. There he was definitely still off. Like mm. I know he was complaining about his controller and I could see it in his play. Even when he beat Godsu, I think he beat Godsu that badly more because he was like a comfort thing for him because they've played so many sets. Obviously he's probably really sense. familiar with Godsu's play style. And it was still clear that something was off when I saw him play. He was missing a lot. Like, normally his movement is what separates him from, like, everything else, uh, from, like, a lot of other sheiks. And the quickness, when he tried to move really quick, he stuttered a lot. Like, there was a lot of stuttering in his movement. He would get caught in his movement a lot, and I'm not used to seeing that from him. And he did say that a lot of things were lagging. There was a bad controller, and I 100% believe that because the play reflected it. I mean, I could see just watching him that, okay, yeah, you're still good. Like, that yeah. was bad plop. And bad plop's still good enough to literally body everyone at Levo. But you have played that badly. If someone who's even okay, decent or like top 30-ish runs into you and they're playing really well, they're going to beat that uh, level of play. And that's kind of just what happened in uh, Levo, which not really his fault. He doesn't have a functioning controller, but unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, that type of stuff speaks to the quality of the player who made the upset, right? Yeah. Like you can have Mango playing on a bad day and put him through bracket. And he can do super well still. Uh, but if you have someone who's able to capitalize on that, then you got to give props. Yeah, like I, I think of it like if if Plup's play can like dip down to here, but he's like always up here, mm -hmm. uh, and if Kadoran plays up here, but he can dip to here, you know, it's right in the same range. Uh, like, do we? What do we see from Kadoran going on though? Like, I have continually thought, as much as I love him, I was like, this has to end, right? This has to end. He's not the next top fifteen top 10 player right but uh dude his results uh every time i think he's going to lose he just manages to scrape it out so i don't really know what the future is going to hold for this guy he needs to speed up <laughs> that's the biggest thing he's a very very smart player uh who has a lot of really good ideas but literally does not have the speed to combat with like especially a really good spacey right now um Maybe I think he can get away with him more versus Falco just because of the way the matchup works. But against like a good Fox, I think like any Fox that plays well, he's just gonna get ran over right now. That's what I saw from like S Fat wasn't even playing super fast and still ran him over really, really badly. And so I'm wondering, like, you get any crack at Fox, like Panda playing well, I think would give Kador like a night literal nightmare. You get that type of Fox, and I, I need to see a little more speed from him. I, I need to see a little more speed to see that he's gonna play like Pluff when Pluff's at his form. Not mm -hmm. to take away from his win, because it's like, I don't care if someone's playing well or bad. Like, if you beat someone, you beat them. Good stuff. It's more reflection on you than it is a negative reflection on them. But for me, from what I see from their play, I need to see a little faster decision-making. I need to see more comfort playing in, like, scrambles. I need to see a faster play. But I think he definitely could beat top 20, especially if he gets all that stuff figured out ASAP. Does he beat Android Zero right now? That's the big question. That dude's a robot. 
Edwin and I are convinced that Andrew Azir is the best player in the world. The even greatest he, player of all time. Even when he gets like 13th at stuff, I'm like, oh, well, the best player in the world got 13th. Huh? How about that? He's kind of crazy. He's got, he's, he's, his name fits him. I think once I saw him like 4 0 NMW in a 3 0, I was like, damn, all right, this kid's for real. Andrew's good. Dude, I think Kadorn's matchup spread is so interesting. We, you remember around when he was getting good, like when he started turning the corner on Squid and even taking sets from face roll. The mm-hmm. players in SoCal that would that would actually give him problems are people like Null, and his Fox matchup was one that he wasn't like as caught up in as some yep. of his other ones. Yeah, not much has changed, and I played him pretty recently in bracket, and he took a game, but the next three games I was just like, I'm turning my brain off and just running at you, and it was just not close. Like I did not feel like I had to try, hmm. and again, that's. The way it should be for a lot of things, but you need to be able to get past that for me to be confident that you're going to consistently beat top spaces, and you yeah. need to be able to beat top spaces to be top twenty, top fifteen. Like there's just too many of them. He did. Uh, he did. Uh, as far as his Falcon matchup goes, he seems to be making a lot of progress on it. I know. Uh, I know he actually ended up breaking Gatsu's massive uh, tournament win streak a couple weeks ago or yeah. so when he six would him at TMT. That, that's impressive. That's good. Gatsu's really good versus Mark too. I think SJ is the last one on his hit list out of the active uh, out of the active West Coast players. SJ has given him okay. a problem for for a while. Well, I mean, SJ self proclaimed third best player in the world. Anyways, <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> moving on. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things about week two is that uh, you know you talk shit week one, and you still got three more weeks of it. Sample size is a bitch, ain't it? <laughs> Apparently, I did three tournaments. One of them, nobody remembers this. This controller, I'm using Z to jump and X to grab. Oh yeah, I changed yeah, that a month and a half true. ago. I don't. Just say you're on box, then people will think your results are really good. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made me uh like be more impressed by Leffen losing to Pipsqueak than knowing that he was on box. <laughs> like it's so funny. How I, Impressed like, by Leffen. Yeah. I saw him not, lose, not and I was just like, damn, he's so good. <laughs> uh, no, speaking Johnny, Johnny of box players, Hacks, you know, we talked about Hacks. Hacks is, uh, he's done. He's out of the week one. He was invited to Division 2. And now, if he wants to get back in, he's going to have to qualify. So I, I know that, Cody, you talked about how um, definitely someone who's played style is a little nerfed. He's, he's you know, one yeah. of those... Uh, players who's kind of built on LAN and never really liked online. It was like him and Fiction were huge holdouts until you kind of had to play if you wanted to remain relevant. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not surprised by that, but are any other players who we are surprised to see drop from uh, from uh, the World Tour, or <laughs> from SEL altogether? Axe, like... Like, I want to be surprised by Axe, but he hasn't been grinding, and he lost to two people who have been entering tournaments every week and are pretty much okay with netplay, and I know how much he hates netplay. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I want to be surprised by Axe, but I'm not. Dude, especially when the tournaments he enters, it's like Ices or Young Link or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I, I just, it's kind of like, not in a way where it's like, you deserve to like, just lose everything, but it's like, if that's the effort you're going to put in, yeah, you're just going to lose. That's just how it is. You can't play the game, play one person who, I don't even know how good Vector Man is. That's just not yeah. how melee is anymore. You have to play good players all the time to be getting better. And also, Pikachu sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> is there any Pikachu fans in the chat? 
Mango agrees with this. I agree with it. All the top players, for the most part, agree with it. That character's dog. I don't know how he made it work for this long, but CC just invalidates Pikachu. And that's not good for if you're going to play against Fox and Falcon. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he was the last seed in this tournament, uh, not including the people who qualified, of course. Yeah. And I, I think in, like, any other time, and, like, even months ago, six months ago, I think that would have been crazy. But we just have not seen that level of play that we expect from him uh because if we see him it's like i said ices or young link and then when yeah. we do see the pikachu didn't he lose to uh did he lose to the real thing at uh black empowerment melee invitation he lost I to th- billy vote peep and two saint yes Toussaint yeah the real thing who ended up winning who didn't even have to play it yeah no that i remember that yeah not exactly pretty um so i don't know i am not a pikachu fan i'm not a mid-tier fan i, I love yoshi okay other than that i'm not a mid-tier fan but uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Axe come back swinging again because I think that he's one of the like cooler assets of melee from an outsider's mm-hmm. perspective. You know, it, it could be kind of funny because if he kept like slipping enough, like maybe he gets like the. I mean, I doubt it would ever get to this way, but like if he got like six seed or excuse me, sixteen seed or something at like some huge event, and he played Zane like super early. Or if he, or more realistically, if he, if he got like eight or nine seed, do you think I, he's I think playing the long con? Is he gaming the system? Yeah, he's just trying he's to gonna, get Zane. He's gonna go to Brad Summit Brad. and he's gonna play Zane round one. You know, if Dude. I get Zane out of the bracket early, I'm down. <laughs> Wait, sorry, who said that? I didn't say that. <laughs> just no one, no one tell anyone. I'm Weird. fine with this decision as long as uh, no one snitches. We no snitches here, right? Chat, chat, no snitches in chat. Christian Dodge. I didn't say anything. What are you talking about, Faust? I said nothing. <laughs> Wait, do you want to talk about the the biggest story from SEL? The first place finisher, potential Mang best Zero? in the world. Is he Mang Zero? Is he Mang Number One? I'm mad at Mango right now. He's, he's, he's <laughs> shit talking my chic all day. I don't like this guy anymore. He's got a lot of stuff to say, but you might have a lot of stuff to say if you beat Zane twice on FD. No, he played amazingly. What he, he played- did. He played really well versus Zane. I I watched the VOD back afterward, and he just played, he he brought he did played exactly how he needed to, and Zane was not hot that day, and he just yeah. kind of ran over. It should have been a three zero, honestly. He kind of goofed game one pretty badly. Dude, yeah. I can't believe he made that comeback game three. He started off yeah. down so much. He's done that two stocks on FD. The Nair dare after that, I kind of I saw it and I was like, so yeah, Zane's done after that. He's not coming back. Mango's too good to let that go. So like. What do we think of this? You know, you said Zane's not playing well. I agreed. That was not top Zane. Uh, I think that that's probably going to be, uh, hopefully not, but I, I hope, I think it's going to be one of those sets where people are like, see, Marth isn't busted on FD. Just play like this. <laughs> but like, this isn't, is this sustainable? Is Mango really the number one right now? Like uh, we saw this last year, right? He won the first SCL week and then Zane won the next three. It's like, what do we think of Mango going into week two? They're just interchangeable. Like I, I really think it's just gonna who's who's been playing better that week between those two. Yeah. Like they there's a tier below them of like three of us where we have to just play amazingly well to beat them, period. But for those two, it's just, it literally comes down to whoever's playing better that day, I think just wins because they're both so good right now. I think the one difference that we saw between Zane and Mango, like the in terms of that tier, um, between SCL we uh season one and season two is we saw Zane have some losses in between them. Like, before, yeah. Zane was unbeatable. He had that one set loss to Mango at SEL week one. 
Uh, and then other than that, he was like untouchable until LACS three. But we see like, you know, having S two J in bracket might not be the thing that he wants most. And I know that we've seen a tiny like baby slump from Nun that I'm not going to hold against him, but having Nun, Wizzy, and even Gatsu now like that that is scary. And if Plup's back, all players who I think I favorite Zane for, but like definitely the landscape surrounding like Zane's number one status is is way different than it was even a couple months ago. I think that's a great point, Wheat, and I want to bring it up with the others. With the other side, which is that I think a Falcon heavy landscape or even Axe, get, you, you, like a Falcon heavy landscape or Axe back in the picture is very fa- favorable for Mango, yeah. conversely. So when you're comparing their chances to win big events against each other, I would still probably give Zane a slight advantage in the head to head. But if we're talking about their chances to win a, a big event or to consistently win, measuring how they do against the field is definitely going to be a is definitely like a huge factor in determining who number one will be in predicting it, you know, like heading into the heading into the rest of the year, especially since, you know, even if Zane is favored over the Falcons, you know, that's a matchup that Mango, like, you know, maybe none can take a set here and there, but but Mango is still very much like, you know, that's his comfort zone. There's going to be a lot of people who aren't playing right now. So we, we kind of joke about this. This isn't a takeaway from Zane. It's more a joke that has some truth embedded in it. Whereas like Zane was Zane was untouchable. It's like, well, yeah, Mango was second in the world that he plays Falco. I was third in the world and I play Fox. Yeah. All the Falcons were gone. Wizzy couldn't play melee anymore. Johnny was not as good as he is now. None, none was still none was none had a good streak, but besides that, Plup wasn't playing. Axe sucked. So all the people who could give Zane a problem literally didn't exist. And then he had two spaces. And then a nerfed version of H box, and it's like, yeah, if I was a Martha, I, I would love that world. <laughs> Give me, you tell me that's what I said. Like, if you're telling me I had a world where two and three were Sheik and H box, oh please. <laughs> please give me give me that i would be a, the happiest person on the planet uh and not, not to take away because obviously zane's amazing and he's still very clearly like, in discussion for best player in the world but it's definitely gonna be a lot harder with him and especially when offline comes back you have plup back in shape plup i think is the hardest thing for him long term period you have leffen who's gonna be playing chic and say what you want about the matchup uh leffen is believes a lot more in chic and for him personally play wise that's a lot more important for him than what the matchup might actually be in theory and so you know he's going to be ready, and he's played multiple fighting games at the top level. So you know he's not going to come in without like super being super prepared. Yeah. Then you have Axe on land again, and no matter what Axe does, he's still going to be really good versus Marth, and he's still Pikachu. And we know he does better offline than he does online for whatever reason. So it's going to be harder for him, and I think he likes that. I think Zane's up to that challenge, but it will be more a lot more interesting. Spark moved to Pakistan. Facerol hates net play, and then his glasses also broke apparently during the tournament. And then something else went wrong. His audio went off. I don't know. He had like 80 things go wrong, apparently. His glasses broke? Something. That's what I heard. I don't know. But it was one of those things where it's like, it was just Murphy's Law for him, I guess. I don't know. I think Spark is competing at some event this weekend on on 3 Buffer with the rest of like South Asia. Really? Yeah. Which is probably going to be very not interesting, unfortunately. I've heard he has fiber, but uh, I don't know. From Pakistan to wherever he would be playing right philippines or whatever it ends up yeah, being. philippines I korea like, I, I don't really know how that uh all works out but dude if i could see some right. three three frame buffer spark i would still appreciate that three frame buffer spark versus ingen <laughs> i've heard that name before who is versus that? devil yeah versus De- i think devil moved back though uh ingen is a, like a up-and-coming japanese mark player okay it's like okay. a super grinder 
He's been getting like a bit better. Yeah, cool to see them have a Marth. But uh... yeah, I can't wait. I think the only <laughs> thing with a just just kind of circle back to Mango. The only thing is like this this is like oh this is always what happens right like mango wins a big tournament he looks great and we just we like i send we a massive paragraph on why i think mango is the best player in the world or or i just text him like a huge thing that's like dude he's just different like this is it like this is mango's time and then he loses to like you know like a top 10 or 15 player the next week yeah we we all uh like hold hands and we sway back and forth that's what happens when mango is like looking like number one i've been all melee's in such a <laughs> Melee's in such a good place, dude. Like, I really feel confident about the metagame. And like he's every like, time snap. Mango wins a tournament, yeah, I'm like, we're all gonna be playing until like 2050. <laughs> and then the next, he, he enters and he loses like none or something the next week, and it's like, whoa, what's gonna happen then? I guess Melee's dead. Yeah, yeah. This used to be the 2019 thing, we right? Like he'd win a tournament over HBox or something. We'd be like, dude, the metagame is so good right now. Like I'm really excited. And then he'd lose the next event, and we'd be like, dude, like I don't want to be part of Melee anymore. In, in <laughs> it's like, what's like, the it's what's good. the point of all this? HBox <laughs> was winning every event, which we have not seen, obviously. Nope. Uh, which brings us to our next topic. So HBox. Mm-hmm. He was probably the most contentious pick to be in Div 1, uh, despite being the three-time-in-a-row number one uh, player in the world. And obviously, we found that that... I don't want to say, like, one head-to-head means if you deserve to be in there, but how it shook out was, you know, now he's in Division 2. So what do we expect to see from Week 2? Is he going to stay in Division 2? Is going to be in Division 1? Or uh, dare I say it, will he have to qualify Week 3? Who's he playing? Do we know? Yes, I think that is out. Give me one second. Uh, he is going to be playing Lucky. Lucky. Ooh. Yeah. That... Oh. Oh. I so think that's, I... that's a spicy one. I think he'll say in D2. I don't, I don't think he's ready to be in D1 yet. I think whoever, even if he beats Lucky, whoever he's going to play from Division 1 is just going to be too rough for him right now. Mm-hmm. That's my personal guess. What about the narrative? He's all about the narrative controlling the narrative he's all about controlling the narrative there isn't a narrative when you're not playing melee there isn't a narrative when you're shield grabbing on a platform 10 times in a row i'm sorry bud well uh, you say there's not a narrative i guess you haven't seen the tweet where he said he found out how to fix his overclocking or whatever what was that uh what was that tweet about it was a windows update dude i saw that and i just rolled my eyes i was like dude you've been playing for a year now like like this is not a this is not going to suddenly make all your losses like disappear yeah i'll I'll forget about when fable double three stocked him on on uh dreamland because of this windows update hbox 15-3 versus fox in in quarantine he's like 2 and 12 versus me what (laughs) how is he 15-3 versus fox he's gotten five farmed him in every event i do think that like once you go below you like dip below you in terms of foxes this is like the H-Box effect. As, as good as I think these foxes are, I've talked to Edwin about this. Um, give me like a PR Yoshi, like a like a fifth place <laughs> it, like Let's in their region. Let's go and, and Beezim or Whiskers or dude, I can even like Egg Money, I think is going to be <laughs> H-Box before S-Fat does. 
You might not be wrong, actually. <laughs> so, we, Dude, I, was, I think there's some spell that HBox has casted where... Uh, we, yeah, I'm so happy you mirror. mentioned this because I think, weirdly enough, like if you give me HBox versus someone he's played and beaten before, like Aklo, S-Fat, and Lucky... You know, I, I think if I were to predict, HBox is probably, like, favored in that. But if you were to give me, like, HBox against Ben, like, all of a sudden we're in the danger zone. Like, If HBox like I, makes it to winner's quarters at a big event, I'm like, oh, he is very possibly going to win this whole thing. Uh, but it's the, like, round two pools of an online major. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, he's got to play lemon juices yeah i'm not sure about this one <laughs> yeah so I, I cody i wanted to ask you like what do you think that what do you think's different about him against like those familiar foxes versus like azel for instance like what like how how do they what's the difference in how they play it which make it he make has some scarier? kind of convoluted like mental block going on right now that i don't know if i want to completely go into but the long or the shorter from what i can figure out is that when he plays someone that is kind of coming up and that he is considered considerably worse than him or like not as good and he, but he could technically lose to them i think like his ego prevents him from actually trying because if he tries and loses i think that's a lot worse for him than if he just kind of like yeah they're so good like ben's this alien chic player i can never hope to achieve this level of melee that I, he's playing right now meanwhile ben's like top 30 40 and this dude is number one three years in a row but whatever and it's like he's not He's like, he literally, like, I'm watching the gameplay. He literally doesn't play the game against these people. And I'm watching it. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he'll, he'll like just drift down lazily without any drift or like air dodge or fair, and he'll just get fared by Sheik. I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> you have, you're like, you're Jigglypuff. Why are you getting hit so easily? And it's the most bizarre thing to watch. But then he plays against Zane, and he goes to game five, and I'm watching this, and Zane didn't play amazingly, but he didn't play terribly either. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell? This is not the same Hbox I've been watching off quarantine. And he'll do the same thing against me. He'll play for a game and he'll be like, he'll start out super strong. And then the second anything goes wrong for him or the second like he fears losing, he just crumbles completely. And it's just really bizarre. Do you think it's like an established game plan? Like even if it's uh, subconscious, like it's an established game plan versus these people who he's played for like five years or longer. I'm sure it's part of it. I'm sure there's like a level of comfort that comes with playing those players that he's played so many times and he's beaten so many times and he kind of knows what it's like to feel when he's beating them. Yeah. And I'm sure that's definitely part of it. Uh, I, I wouldn't discount that. Yeah. I don't know. He is one of the more interesting people in melee right now, which is why he controls the narrative. <laughs> I, I guess so. He got that going. Like he'll, like he'll take a set off all the top players at some point. Like he'll beat me. He could beat me at, freaking thing this weekend if i'm it's like it's possible but it's not likely and i i would put a lot more money on someone worse than him beating him than him beating like any of the super top right now mm -hmm. and, and that like kind of space where he's in where i think he's does solid against the established top players below the top like tier top two tiers whatever you want to call it um yeah i, I think I, I say he's got to stay in division two just because i don't think he would be making a run where he would need to be lucky and then whoever isn't comes down for division one like cody said yeah. uh, but also losing to lucky and then he would have to lose to whichever like player makes it through qualifiers yeah i don't think unless it's like plup or something that would be i think plup's done i think he said he's done really oh that's yeah, until, until he gets a new controller i think he said he's done all right and I, he will probably enter the one after that is my guess based on timelines of how long controllers take but uh, he's not entering until he gets a new controller and he can warm up on it. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so for week two predictions, I guess we know Plup is not going to be a part of it. <laughs> but uh, let's look forward to week two of uh, SCL. So do you guys have the uh, the matches in front of you? I can send it to you if not. Uh, so I we, know the division yeah, matches. I, have I, just know the, I just know the division two matches. If you could send it to me, that'd be nice. Yeah, you should have it. Um, I think uh, I think it looks pretty cool. I'm I'm not sure if like the division one has some stuff where kind of foregone conclusions, but like I still think everything's interesting. Yeah, I think division one. The only thing I could see happening is SJC and say like all the others could happen, but they're not likely. It's nothing where I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that. Like, I look at it, and the expected outcome is this person's going to lose clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe take a game, but expect to lose clearly. Like, is it Mango Wizzy? I don't think I need to talk about. Me versus Zach. Um, offline thing is different, but I think Zach's pretty bad in lag, and our connection's never great. And the past three times we've played have been very, very brutal. And I've gotten a lot better since offline. Uh, Zane Moki, again, I don't think I really need to explain. SJ Sunse could be interesting. Um, SJ looks really strong, and I still favor him immensely, but I don't know. Susie has so much none practice and then peak none practice, and he beat none when none was, like, super good. And so I think that's definitely possible. What's the Division 2 matches? Hbox, Lucky, Nongatsu, Ginger, Deki. Okay. Uh, that, that'll be a good test for Deki. That'll be a good test for Deki. Yeah, I'm for curious sure. to see. I, I, I haven't seen, like... I'm curious to see how that would turn out. I think Ginger's Ginger's a pretty like tall order for someone like that, you know, like yeah. up and coming box. Agreed. Can I can I answer one of the questions in chat? Yeah, go for it. Do we know who won the coin flip for third between Cody and SUJ? So Aiden messaged me right after I lost. He was like, "Who which of these players would you prefer to play against in next week's bracket match?" And I was like, "I don't deserve dog shit right now, dude. Just give me who the fuck ever. I don't care." And so I'm assuming I got fourth pick for that reason. <laughs> That's my that's my very honest guess. <laughs> and I only gave him that voice because I was very mad that he messaged me right after I lost. It's a very Aiden thing to do. Yeah, no, I love Aiden, but I was like, I'm not answering this right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just get down to it. Uh, you know, cards on the table. Predictions for week two. Who's going to win? Are we going to see a repeat of SEL season one? Zane going to just do it again? Or... Could we see the, uh, you know, are we all going to be holding hands and swaying back and forth and singing Kumbaya while Mango wins season two? I mean, I well, I, think, I can think of one person on this panel who, who wouldn't be doing that if Mango yeah. won season two. <laughs> I have to believe myself. I'm going to say I'm going to win because if I'm competing and I don't think I'm going to win at yeah. number three seed, what am I doing? You can't say anything but yourself. Yeah, I have to say myself. I literally so who's going to get second then? Uh, well, I mean, I have to beat Mango before I beat Zane. So Zane. True. <laughs> uh, if you want my honest outsider perspective that I won't last, that I won't let in, um... I think honestly, I think Mango. Damn. Honestly, I think Mango. I'm sure Zane's gonna grind this week to get better. I, yeah, I think that's the thing, right? Zane's a Zane's such a huge grinder that I feel like it's tough to see him lose multiple events in a row. Yeah. Moki has a shot at beating Zane the same way Wizzy has a shot at beating Mango. They have shots, but it's not likely. Edwin? Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, I'm thinking Zane. I'm going to go with... Uh... 
you know, I, I'm gonna go with Mango. I think uh I think S S beating SJ afterward would be I I think Sunsei could beat SJ, but I, I would still have SJ as like the solid favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh and I, I think just Mango looks really good right now. I can't see him losing to I can't see him losing to Wizzy. And like having a very favorable match coming first is well, I guess you could say the same thing for Zane, but I, I don't know. I, I just like how Mango looks right now. Damn, I should say Mango. That seems the fun answer. But it's already set in stone. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see next week who's right and who's wrong. And coming up next, we're going to have a super fun segment, the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. But first, we're just going to go to a short break. All right, welcome back to Melee Stats Waiting for Game. Thank you for uh, waiting for us during our short break. So we are going to get into our next segment, the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. You know, in the New York Stock Exchange, uh, split-second decisions can save or lose thousands of dollars. And in this, there's no money on the line, but we're going to use some split-second decisions to decide whether or not we're going to buy, sell, or uh, hold. Is that something you can do with stocks? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna decide on uh players and, and and melee concepts just uh whether we're not gonna buy or sell or hold them so uh let's go edwin you are going to be our stockbroker for this right all right awesome i need your help guys i ha- i have a ton of shares i don't know i don't know what to buy i don't know what to sell i don't know what's a good stock on the smash market right now i don't know what's a bad bad stock i don't know my left ear from my right so here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna give you guys seven quick questions you you guys are gonna give me your your best possible answer at the at the end of these seven questions the person who's given me the the better answer more times is gonna get a minute to speak about whatever they want sound good all right can i force the other person if i went to speak about something that i want them to speak about because i think it'd be funny oh no that's me come on man yeah i I didn't I didn't exactly uh, think of. I'm down. We snap a player agreement. Okay. I'll think about Sweet. it. Sweet. All right. The first question I got for you guys: buy or sell Aklo? Sell. Buy. A <laughs> week. Give me your quick explanation. Uh, I, I, dude, anyone who uh, tweets this much about how they're not camping and uh, talks about how great their link is, I'm not going to buy that. Uh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, my answer is a little more based on facts, I guess. Uh, he's been super swamped with schoolwork, and he's done with his exam starting tomorrow, so he's actually going to start grinding again. Damn. And, I, and I know he's been super swamped with schoolwork for like the last Because the insider weeks. information. Yeah, get trolls. This is, this is insider trading. That's what you call getting better players. <laughs> All right. Uh, second, Stuart did. Se- second question. Second question. Buy or sell North American land majors in 2021? Cody, you go first. Land, land. Is that does that include invitationals? Uh, that take take it at ever however way you want. Okay, bye. I'll buy. Uh, yeah, like I think if you talk to people twelve months ago, they would say that. Uh, or twelve months ago, we six months ago, they would say there's no chance we're having anything in 2021, and it's very likely that we could have an in-person invitational, maybe multiple. Uh, and dude, we could have a. We could see a hundred-person tournament, two hundred-person tournament by the end of the year. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm buying. I'm buying. All right. Summit. I'm pretty sure Summit's just like they didn't have online in their names. It didn't have Slippy. The last Summit had Slippy. Our right, third question, quick. I got. I got a big problem, guys. I don't know whether I want to buy or sell UCF at majors. Wait, help me out here. I'm gonna sell. I think people forget what UCF is, and also Nintendo's on our backs. 
UCF majors, I'm buying. No shot. We're not. We're no. Yeah, I'm hundred percent buying. Okay. I'm bu I'm buying UCF majors because I guarantee you there is not a single top player that's going to be willing to play on those either True. shitty Arduinos. Nor is there going to be a single top player who's going to attend a vanilla event. No one's that playing is on not, vanilla. That is yeah. not happening. I will boycott those events. Okay. That ends the buy or sell segment. So now I'm gonna walk. Is there a short through... answer segment? So I'm gonna walk you guys through the steal or scam segment. In this segment, I'm gonna mention a stock that I believe is at a very low price right now, but but you're gonna tell me whether it's good to buy on that stock as a steal or whether this is a scam. All right. All right. Cody, tell me, steal or scam? Pikachu versus Marth. Oh, 100% a scam. I agree. Scam. I, th I think, I don't think, I think that it's just a combination of X genuinely being very good at the matchup. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's a combination of X being very good at the matchup and having no Pikachu experience, but there are Pikachus that are starting to get better. Tyler's just getting a little bit better. Anther still plays. I ran into him on rank. Okay, he still looks, he actually really looks very well. good. Okay, P, I don't, I haven't seen them at all, but I think that you, that that is not a bad matchup. Uh, going forward, not to the extent that some of their other like invalidating matchups, and I think that yeah, plus people, can be the much bigger issue for uh, Zane going forward. People blow it up as such a bad matchup for Marth just because of Axe, but like the second Zane wins, uh, people are gonna be like, yeah, why do we ever think this matchup was bad? Oh, matchup solved, easy. Yeah, yeah. Pikachu sucks. Right. Scam. Steal. Scam. Stealer scam. Samus. Wheat. Steal. I'll take it. Uh, I don't want to. I think the blur said it best himself when he said, "There's no Samus players." So. I'll steal this right now because uh, when Wevins comes back and beats every Falco, that that my Samus stock will go rising. You're putting me in an awkward spot because I want to say scam, but some jerk in chat's gonna bring up the fucking super set when I was trying to switch between Fox and Sheik, <laughs> and I'm not gonna be very happy. All right, uh, six sixth one then. Steal I'll give that one to Weed. Okay, Steeler scam final destination. Cody, go off. Oh, that that's a scam. That stage is gone. We are done with that dart. We are done with that garbage. There are too many people who hate that stage. We're getting rid of it. I will make sure of it. I will make sure of it. That stage is gone. Yeah, yeah. You you win, you Marth man. Dirty, Steel. dirty Marth man. Steel, dude. It took us how many years to get rid of wobbling? <laughs> like, we got it, gonna, didn't we? You think we're gonna get rid of a stage? No. Oh yeah. What are we gonna replace it with? Rainbow Cruise. Modded Japes, baby, all the way. <laughs> all right. For the last question. What is we? What is your long-term investment for the next five years? What? Is this like a life question? Oh yes, oh, sorry, I, I forgot to mention. So we're off Steeler scam. We're off buy or sell. And this one, you got to tell me what's your long-term investment for the next five years in Smash. Uh, Ludwig. I'm, I'm I sorry. I'm cheating. <laughs> I feel like you can't give that answer. Give me a player. Well, wow, Ludwig is a player. He played Ambi at uh, Evo 2018. <laughs> All right, so Ludwig's not going anywhere in competitive Smash. So I'm going to give you an actual answer. Jmook. Damn. No explanation required. All right. Well, when, when Ludwig when Ludwig bankrolls the big house and Genesis and like all eight of our super majors, uh, we'll see how Jmook does at them. J hey, right. Jake Jmook could get first at a tournament thrown by Ludwig. Who wins there? as a melee player jmook as a to and an organizer ludwig all right the results are in the score is four to three 
Wheat, you have won the first Edwin Budding stock exchange. Ooh. Shit. Wait, what? Wait, 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 which you one gave, you, you gave me uh, wins, dude. I gave him one. I feel like you contested. You uh, gave up on the first one, too. Which was the first one? We don't give our special guest preferential treatment. <laughs> Messed up. All right. Wheat, yeah. you got a minute. Tell, Share whatever you want with the world. I'm going to do the IBDW clause, and we're going to make Cody speak about uh, for one minute about something <laughs> he doesn't like. Oh, uh, great. Let's talk about uh, how Marth loses on FD versus Spacey's. Well, you see, Marth does lose to Falco on FD versus Spacey's because Falco has a fantastic neutral game and actually has pitched a consistent pillar combo from 25 to 90% and a reliable way to win neutral below hand. So as long as you define Spacey's as Falco, that's fine. Uh, if you lose it to Fox, yeah, if the Marth is really, really bad and doesn't know how to drink up, doesn't know how to pivot, can't punish properly, can't edge guard, can't play neutral, and has to play a top 10 Fox, yeah, I would say that Marth probably loses on FD most of the time. I, I could see that argument. Probably. <laughs> Good enough? Is that a minute? Sure. Yes, we'll pat it out. Sure. Cool. <laughs> yes, dude, the very famous, yeah, just not an FD type of Marth, you know? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we we've seen them in the past, and, and for very and they specific... don't and they, and they don't exist anymore for yeah, a reason. They're all gone. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of very specific why. reasons we don't see those anymore. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Well, I appreciate hey. my time at the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. So, Cody, in the greatest transition of all time, tell us what's up, what's going on. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm pissed about Sunday. That that tournament hurt my feelings. I got tilt turned, got reversal by a Falco up B somehow. I don't even know how you accomplish that as a top fox. It's just embarrassing. Got reversal spiked by side B twice. Then had this drunk dude just shit talking me in my stream for the next three days. I'm pissed. He wakes up drunk and then just comes in and shit talks me. And then he finally wins one day of Sheik Marth after losing three in a row and just goes on a tantrum. Messed up. Besides that, I'm great though. How about you? Dude, you're a. Uh... Your ending combo in the set against Mango. I know it wasn't what you were looking for, but it looks so sick to start off. And then, and then I just, oh my god, you backyard. I, I my brain just crossed like 20 signals. I was like, I just want to kill him and get this done with it. I'm like, wait, I killed myself. Why'd I back air? Yeah, what in the, the middle fuck, of the sequence. In the middle of the sequence, I was like, damn, Cody, go off. And then I did. I went off. I went all the way Dude, off. So like, aren't those the coolest ones though? I feel like every combo, this might be um I might be like thinking about Smash 4 Twitter when it would like seep into my feed. But I feel like the coolest combos that everyone loved are the ones where it's like three cool things in a row and you can see the idea for the fourth and the fourth one just messes up. It's because like you don't have to see it finish. Like your brain takes it over. It's like, what could possibly exist here? You know? I think my combo for is none instead. The stadium combo. That was nice. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I was happy about that one. And then I shook my head and the announcers were really confused, but he was just playing so badly I felt bad. <laughs> Have you ever won a set by someone SDing? It's such a weird feeling. It's like you don't know how to feel. Yeah, no, that that's that's happened at a much a much lower stakes. <laughs> like like in in college crew battles. No, but, that's true. Yeah. I, that's as high stakes as it gets. Listen, I was in college crew battles once. <laughs> uh, that that was pressure. I don't want to go back to those. Was Pika Pika on your crew? Mine? No, no, no. He was RET. Oh, okay. I was U of R. RET. That's very, very fitting for a Pikachu main. Oh, wait, it was a Sheik main, right? Yeah, he's a Sheik main. <laughs> I don't know why I tagged Pika Pika uh, to this day. Pika Pika. I have no idea. 
dude you've been playing a ton on stream with like Mewtwo King and everything so in in a way like you're speaking uh, of players who are named after characters that they don't main <laughs> yeah you've been you've been playing a lot with someone that I think like not many of us have been able to like see you know even just play melee that often so I I found your streams them pretty interesting what's what's that been like it's been cool. I think I'm just trying to get more people to play. Like, I want more top player practice at the end of the day. I'm just kind of greedy like that. And so I just want to play with them. And it's good content. It always does. Well. I'm playing with PP on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, and Sheik Marth. Uh, we're not doing Fox yet. I don't, I don't think he's ready for it, uh, either mentally or like to deal with the shit he's going to have to deal with in chat, which is going to be annoying. No matter what, if I drop a game, I'm going to have to deal with it. If he gets yeah. murdered, he's going to have to deal with it. We're just going to have to monitor that. But should be interesting either way. I'm excited to play him. But it's been nice because uh, a lot of these people, like I grew up watching, them, I never got to play them. Like I'm still super new, and so a lot of these people I've just never really played. So it's my first time really getting to play them. I've never it's... watched PPMD play a game of Melee at like in live. Wow, that is nuts. That's crazy. It's I guess been... I watched Battle of Five Gods, but he was watched by then. Yeah, I think that's a different PP. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy uh, how that's an increasingly like common thing from not only. Uh, people like who are watching the scene but just from players like we have so many players who joined in 2016 or after 2016 are super good now and uh damn i don't know i hope uh i hope people get to see him play live again mm -hmm. like a, a real bona fide set that that'd be amazing but uh i think that's so cool i'm gonna have to watch that that, that sounds sick what anok and i what edwin budding and i have been talking about all the time is where we think Mewtwo King would be in the melee landscape right now as a competitor. So I think like you're a good person to ask for that. You know, you've been playing him pretty consistently in the past few weeks. What are your thoughts on that? Does he have time to derust or like right now, like today? <sighs> sure. Let's say uh Summit. Summit's in June, right? Let's oh, say he'd be top he... ten free. Damn, okay. He'd be top yeah. ten free. So but, but also what... top ten still not that good. Yeah, well, yeah. But like what is his uh you know, how does he play versus the current crop of players we have? Because I, I've talked to Edwin about this. I feel pretty confident against, uh, for him against like the up and comers, especially because mm -hmm. a lot of our up and comers are Fox players. Yeah. Like, as good as I think these soon says of the world are, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that they're going to beat Mewtwo King, but I don't they know. They did man. play a really close set at Genesis, but I agree with you. Like, uh, give him Face yeah. Roll or Spark or. Dude, Ben? We talked yeah, about Ben. For him. Ben would be, I think Ben would be tricky because Ben also is a pure jank grabber. Dude, I ran into, so to be fair, it was game five, but I had to play Ben in bracket with my Sheik and it was miserable. I hated it. <laughs> this dude just went to jank, he has chain grabs on deck and he's good at them. And he's obviously gotten a lot better since then. So I, I that that would be annoying for him. But I, I really think, especially Mewtwo King, I think if he came back, he'd actually play Fox for Sheik. I think I've talked to him about that. Really? I think he'd wow. play Fox for Sheik, yeah. And yeah. if his Fox gets like good enough, like uh, like Fox just kind of rolls Sheik unless Sheik is like amazing. The Sheik has to be really, really good for that matchup to not be bad. So what's up with his Sheik then? You know, because uh, I, I think that that's uh, another big question, right? We talk about Sheik Ditto is a scary matchup for him, but also... Like, we see Gatsu, Wizzy, uh, S2J, none. Like, all of them are popping off super hard. We've seen him have losses to Falcon as Sheik. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what, how do you think he would uh, fare with that? I mean, this is all hypothetical. So. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd get back. Like, I yeah, he would drop sets. I still think I would favor him against most of the Falcons if he caught back. Mostly because Johnny would get furious because he's ledge camping, so would none. And they would both rage and wind up killing themselves like 10 times, probably. And then Wizzy would be... Well, I think actually Wizzy would be the one that's trickiest for him, in my opinion. I think Wizzy would be the trickiest one for him. I think Johnny and none, he would be able to, like... I don't want to use the term cheese because it's not really cheese. It's just, like, take advantage of them pretty clearly. How do you think he'd do against, like, the new and improved Gatsu? Probably shit on him. If he, like, got super... If he, like, de-rusted, I think he would just win. I, I don't think Gatsu is ready for that type of gameplay yet. Hmm. Like, I, I think Gatsu do well against a lot of the top 10-ish, like, lower end. But I have yet to see him, like, really impress me versus, like, someone in, like, the top, like, three or four tier yet. And that's where if Mutakin got enough time, I think I, he would be on the outside of it looking in, but I don't think he'd be much below it if he had a few months of de-rust. And that's right, what's so, be. Gatsu, if Gatsu represents a player who's always been good, who's been improving, yeah. Uh, what if we talk about the opposite end of it? How does he do versus H-Box? Oh, he would murder H-Box right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee it. That would not be close. I, I don't think it'd wow. be very H-Box would get so tilted. You think no, with, e- with Fox even? Would... Yeah, Ajox would get so tilted. The way Ajox's mindset works right now, he would just tilt off the face of the planet. He would get like one lose one stock on FD because Mutiking's just camping him, and he'd be like, "This is so stupid. I can't do anything. I can't catch him. I can't do him. I can't do it." And I know this because I'm in Discord calls with him every time I play him. <laughs> How many sighs are we gonna hear if a Mutiking Ajox set happens? Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna <laughs> laugh. I'm, I'm gonna get my popcorn ready. Dude, the thing is. That is a, like, somehow it's a win-win, right? Because I'm sure both of them would be gifted 200 subs. Aatrox like, probably I, a lot more than that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Egan is about to pop off in chat. That's the you thing. You know, it's 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 so weird, we that, like, I'm thinking of all the problem matchups that Mutiking could have. And it, a, a lot of it involves people who aren't, like, around. Like, I think face roll and spark would yeah would, for sure would be potential yeah. problems for him but they're not they're not around right now yeah we're not dealing with the full cast right like all of the uh, mm. top players it's it's like when you have uh saved by the bell and then they have a spin-off and like half the characters are there that's what that's kind of melee online right is mm. we are we are seeing a lot of top players playing but not everyone's playing consistently and not everyone's even playing yeah it's kind of rough actually like it sucks that we can't see Luffin at all. Triff basically is just relegated to unranked and just playing in Europe. Uh, we don't get to see Plup at all. We don't get to see Axe even caring about the game right now. Uh, Amsa, nobody even remembers half the time. I don't How know. Do he, think... had, he got 4K likes on his tweet where he uh, demolished Melee's Falcon. <laughs> That's funny. Cody, I, I know you were uh, you were thinking of doing something like a East East Coast and European european yeah. like weekly or bi-weekly series or something like that sometimes after scl yeah and tell us how what your plan is for that and kind of what you envision for it i'm gonna have to do a lot of troubleshooting with it uh obviously i can't focus on it right now because i care too much about scl after this scl i could probably think about it more because i have a week break uh so i'll probably put more effort into it then but until that time comes uh i i kind of can't think about it too much my goal is really just to have like east coast and europe be able to play on three frames i'm going to be careful because like i played solo and for me it was bearable um but i know that if someone's like south a little bit more south because obviously finland's pretty north uh that it might cause issues even on three frames and so i i have to think about the geographic barriers there but my goal i think definitely northeast to europe and then maybe like mid east coast but i i have to see i have to see about that yeah i mean you could probably 
hmm, I guess it's against the spirit of it to run like exhibitions for Europe versus uh, players on the East Coast who have good Wi-Fi or good internet. Yeah, like I'd be, I think that might be the, if, like let's say Solo Battle can't enter it. I might see if I can get an exhibition with him. Like if he literally just cannot connect to the rest of the East Coast. Yeah. Then I would maybe try to get a set with him with other people. Uh, but besides that, yeah, we'll see. But like I was yeah. able to play Red Blaze on two frames. I played France with two frames, UK with two frames. Really? And it was all good, yeah. No problems. Can you play Prison? Probably, yeah. I want to see Prison so dude, bad. We dude. miss Prison so bad. I probably can play him, yeah. If I had like a monkey paw, I would. I would. I mean, I don't know, World Peace or something, I guess. But the other one would be a uh, person coming back. Dude, give me five of Person's characters against like the rest of the like the bottom half of top hundred. I think that dude Person is nasty. He's, He's really so good. We gotta, yeah, we gotta, we gotta pressure him into getting like a five v five Iron Man versus all of Europe's best. Because I think, like, dude, up until Leffen, I think everything's guaranteed. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I don't like. I, I really don't know what would even stand in his way, like props, Falcon, or whatever. Like, just the the thought of anyone but Leffen's five characters. Versus person. person Triff has some person. secondaries. I, I could see Triff doing the Falcos, decent. The I don't know. He goes. Yeah, I mean, he, his Fox three owed solo. True. True. You're right. His Fox did three solo, so I can't say it's terrible. When are we gonna see Prof versus Professor Pro? Oh my God, I forgot that those two are different players. CEO, make it happen. Probably CEO. Yeah. yeah. If Professor Pro loses, he drops the professor from his name and just becomes pro. (laughs) Wouldn't he drop the pro from his name? (laughs) He'd be Professor Amateur. Prof Prof doesn't travel, does he? Not Professor Pro. Prof Prof. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we only see him at, like, Florida events. Yeah, so it would have to be a CEO, I guess. We'll make it happen. We'll see, though. On On the Melee Stats blimp, we'll fly... Uh, Professor Pro over <laughs> your, next Patreon, your next Patreon goal. What? I never <laughs> agreed to this. We're gonna blimp. We got a brand new dirigible. Yeah, I've seen Prop uh, enter some netplay events. I just don't know if he's travels. Maybe, maybe a boat. A boat. It's a dinky little. Melee <sighs> uh, stats branded life jackets. I'm down. I, I'm liking this yacht. idea actually. Uh, I'll, I'll bring <laughs> no, it to the next. No, board it's meeting. definitely not a yacht. Melee stats houseboat. So I, I think I, I now think would we, be a good time for some from a, yeah, some I, questions. I think we're getting some questions in. If anyone wants to, uh, the only know, thing is, I uh, we talked. I talked to Adam a little bit about it. I am excited to see Kazuka Doran for Division Two. Oh that's yeah, a, that's, that's a match I want to watch. None of the other ones seem that. We talked a little about most of them. We have none in Gatsu, Hbox Lucky, Ginger Daki, but Kazuka Doran seems to be the one that I'd be. I guess I'm interested in Gatsu too, actually. With them being a little bit of a in a little bit of a slump, the Falcon Diddle is also one of Godsu's stronger ones, if I'm not mistaken. Godsu beat used to be like was Demon, I think, at one point. Yeah, so this is actually like this is this is like a old uh, melee stats joke. So in the in the middle of like 2019, there was a period of time where Wizard went from like beating Hbox on route to like fourth at Gommel to winning Smash and Splash to finishing mm-hmm. second at Smash Summit. So all of us were convinced, like, oh, my God, dude, like, 
this could be Wizard's chance. Like he could be he could be number one in the world if, he, if he has like a really big, big performance. And and specifically, Ambi, when looking through uh, when looking through the CEO bracket when we were previewing it, yeah. I think there might even be an old clip on the show. Ambi goes verbatim. He goes. All Wizrobe has to do is not lose to Gatsu, and he's got this. <laughs> Dude, that <laughs> was the one thing. Happens. We were we were all con- we were all like a blood pact. We were gonna rank him number one. Yeah. Yeah. All he has to do is not lose to Gatsu. I then lost to Gatsu. I almost beat that- him at that tournament. I'm pretty sure. I think we had a really close set. I think I I vaguely remember that. I was on vacation while that happened, so I I was like stealing away time so I could watch Twitch on my phone. I'm pretty sure I was up game five against him. Am I remembering my? Am, am I remembering my events? I'm ninety percent sure I was up on him game five. Our viewers are nerds. I'm sure they remember it more than you do. Dude, Gatsu is one of those. Just like thinking about it, he's one of those guys who I just like. I've always seen him as so good, but but he'll he always somehow still manages to surprise me. Like between beating Wizrobe that one time that time at CEO, and between like beating Aklo. Uh, at Austin Melee Bender, after like we talked about how close him and Aklo was going to be, mm-hmm. then like when he three owed Fiction last year, I I know that I know that Fiction wasn't like feeling it that day or whatever, but like Gatsu always just like randomly impresses me, even though I already conceptualize him as someone who's very strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we have a pretty good question in the yeah. chat right Before now. That, uh, I was up game five last stock, yeah. Damn. Oh, what were you gonna say, Wheat? Uh, before that, I want to say that Fiction also. I, uh, what's what's going on this week for melee stats team members getting roasted by top players first kb gets demolished in that omsa clip and then uh fiction gets dq'd into losers at what well, at levo beats melee stats beats oven, oven, poor guy and then dqs immediately after <laughs> he thought the set against other was in winners that's so funny he just he found, up. yeah he found out it was in losers so he's like oh whatever he but, looked, yeah yeah I, I've seen some good. Uh, I've seen some good comments. We have a good one from Koopa Troopa. Is that the one you're talking about? Or yeah. You... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, upcoming top five player, Koopa Troopa. <laughs> so, say Amsa D rusts and comes to Summit. Who are new and upcoming players you think? Sorry, it's moving as I'm as I'm reading it. Who are new and upcoming players you think he'd have trouble with, and who's the best player you think he'd beat right now? So this is Amsa at Summit. You know, a hypothetical. I don't think that he could even travel, but hypothetical. Where do you think Amsa lands right now in Melee's meta? Everyone comes back. I think he might be top twenty. He's gonna. Damn, he's, he's, so he's, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to come back to some events. I mean, it's just really hard. He hasn't competed. Like that's that's a really big hurdle to try to overcome. Who do you think scary for him now? Like who might not have been a threat in twenty twenty? Ben. Ben's a good example. Ben. Gatsu. I think Moki and, Moki and Sensei would be scary. Moki and Sensei are both really scary. Moki's really good versus Yoshi. Yeah. yeah. All the Falcons got a lot better, and that's a bad matchup. I think the fun thing with Amsa is that, like, we've been saying this since 2014, 2013. Uh, like, every time he gets a win, we're like, okay, well, obviously this is the peak, right? Yeah. He can't keep doing this. Uh, and then he will dip a little bit and then come back and, like, beat Wizzy or whatever. Yeah, he is. He is so amazing at continually taking his character and and just like finding ways to prove everyone wrong. So well enough, I think Fox is kind of the nail in that. I think Fox is the character that kind of says to Yoshi, like, no, you're not that good. Yeah. 
Honestly, I think Daki or Fat Goku with enough like prep would be scary. Fat Goku almost beat Amsa at main stage yeah. in game five last. I think it was reverse 3 0, if I remember correctly. That was or almost. I, don't, I forget if it was reverse 3 or if he went up 2 1. Yeah. It was, it was, I, re- I watched it live. It was very close. It's uh, that that's rough. That, that's Yoshi gets really bad. I think even Amsa said that he thinks Fox is Yoshi's worst matchup. Like, I, I played Amsa at Summit 8, and I literally had not played a good Yoshi in bracket ever. And I pretty convincingly 3 0'd him with just like yeah. an hour of Nez warm up. And I really didn't know what I was doing in the match middle. And he's really good versus like I think he took a game off left earlier. It's just like, no, this is a bad matchup. Yeah, and you know, like speaking about Fox, we the only thing that we saw from um so basically the only thing was that uh was it Gallant, the original Gallant in uh January? We saw Shinsuke mm, yeah. versus Amsa, the best of seven. That happened? Yeah, was it best of seven or best of nine? Whatever it was. It was best it, of seven, I think. Yeah. And Shinsuke ended up winning. That was. I will say, like, those kind of sets, like Amsa against Shunsuke and, like, his in region sets are very strange. Shunsuke? I I thought you were saying Shunsuke. No. No, no, Shunsuke. Yeah, I remember. That I remember. Okay. Yeah, I I will say, like, those are just, like, very strange sets. Like, I don't know how to contextualize his records against other Japanese players. Like, he, he. like he doesn't he doesn't dominate the region like you'd think someone of his like international playing caliber would. But I don't know if that's because he like doesn't take it as seriously or if it's just like a talent pool thing. They're just better versus Yoshi. It's a it's a com- it's a combination of things, but I think the biggest factor is again Yoshi like Yoshi's a mid tier for a reason. Or like whatever you want to contextual, like a little high tier, however you define them. I define that as like mid tiers, then everyone else is just irrelevant to me. There's a reason Yoshi's a mid tier. And when the best player in your region plays that character, everyone's going to know how to play against that character. Because mm. I've consistently seen him drop it to a lot of Japanese players who come to the US and I play them. I'm like, yeah, you're solid, but you shouldn't be beating top 10 players. Like ever. But they beat him with, and not only they beat him, they beat him with some regularity. And that's like, and then, yeah, and there's two top Yoshis there. And so it's just like the character isn't that good. It's just not to take away from him because what he does is genuinely incredible. Like it's actually bizarre how good he is with that character. But if everyone is studying for that character, you're going to struggle significantly more. It's just when you're in America, you don't, you're not, who the fuck's studying for Yoshi? Yeah, yeah I, I will say that, like, maybe this is me sleeping on Amsa a little. I do think some of the, like, top 25 on East Coast style, like, like the, like the sleep, like the outside shots or, like, wild card type players on the East Coast would be, would be a little scary for him. Like, I don't know, like, if, if I saw a Polish versus, like, Amsa now in bracket. Yeah, or, yeah. E- or even like Zuppy Aklo. versus Yeah, Aklo. I, I wasn't even going to say Aklo. I was going to say like Zuppy versus Amsa, I think is like maybe fe- kind of feasible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the scary thing is that in like a bracket, in a bona fide super major bracket, we could see scary people play him in a best of three. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And, and I will probably. Do the same thing I do every time he plays, where I'm like, oh no, this is going to be scary, and then I watch him get fifth place or something. Uh, but who knows? I mean, last time we saw him in America for uh, Genesis 7 and Summit, he was I think. Was it ninth or was it... Uh, 13th or 9th. Yeah, that's... Maybe. I forgot if it was 13th or 9th. Even like, even like playing Faust. Like, if Faust gets an early rest, I'd be scared for Omsa. I would say Faust, Faust can do this easily. I remember Jerry versus Omsa at SmashCon. I think you're just looking at chat and and <laughs> wanting to guess up Faust because the actually no, chat. 
I I just remember the Jerry said from Smash Crown. I was like, if I see like any puff, like who's a puff, like who's decent on the East Coast, like I think mm-hmm. Faust could just easily rest him and then you're screwed. I was just trying to think of the first puff that came to mind. No, I mean, like, it, it, we again, have so many puffs, uh, like who could fill that role, right? Faust. Yeah, what about better like Faust, Komodo, Dawson, or Komodo? I'd like, be scared if you played. I forgot Komodo existed. I'd be scared, like, if any of them. It's just, especially yeah. when you're not competing that much. Like, that's kind like, of the nature of like, Yoshi. Big House 10, and uh, it's best of three. <laughs> like, give give me a Amsa versus Komodo. Dude, I'm, I'm sweating if I'm an Amsa fan. Yeah, I would do. Yeah, and, and again, this is this is not to say, like, oh my god, Amsa wouldn't be top 25 East Coast or whatever. It's, it's saying that, you know, for someone of his skill level, like, there's enough of a chance that these kind yeah. of players would, would potentially beat him in bracket. If there's that many players that you have a scary time with, I don't see how you're going to be top 10 right now. Yeah. I mean, this is his whole career is like consistently proving it, proving himself. And again, yeah, and it's dope. Out. I have tremendous respect for the guy. Like, it's yeah, legitimately like very impressive. I'm saying this is the it goes in ebb and flow, and this is the uh, ebb right now. So he's just gonna gotta show us out. I feel the same um, about Axe. It's like I I played Axe, dude. I have sets yeah. of Axe where the last time he played, or I, I don't know if the last time was the time before that. It was like a game five set of last stock, and I am the first one to admit I did not outplay him. He outplayed me, and my character just better charactered his. There was nothing else about that set. I should not have won. Who do we like Amsa spread against then? I guess Falcos. I think the Falcos are pretty, pretty. I think Falco Yoshi is a tricky matchup for Falco, and it's not one of Yoshi's worst matchups. So I like that. I do like Puff if the Puff doesn't get an early rest. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good versus all the Mars besides Zane. How do you feel about Sheik? On an, I feel like it depends on the Sheik. Like a Spark Mold Sheik is going to be tricky, but like yeah. a Sheik who like kind of wants to scrap, be aggro, not do a lot of flow charts, uh, that's going to be a lot easier for him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, speaking of Sheik, another question we got is from our Patreon, uh, Johnny Gamble from Pittsburgh asks, uh, you know, what's going on with your Sheik? Obviously, I know it's kind of uh, in the lab stages right now, but like, what do you? What's the future of it? Do you think? Not 100% sure yet. Uh, I do fully believe that because of the stage list, uh, Foxmarth is not an endeavor that I really want to keep pursuing long term because I do think that the magic will get to a point where it's kind of not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless the stage list changed, in which case maybe I'd reconsider. Uh, and I could be proven wrong. Like, I, I don't think I could trust enough. I can be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it and I'll go back to Fox. But as of right now, uh, I can't focus on it during SEL because it would be ready for SEL anyways. And so I'm playing straight up Fox. And then after SEL, I'm probably going to take like a month to grind. She can see how I feel about her. And so for right now, it's relegated to me and Mango shit talking each other. <laughs> What's um like, what would you be? Would you be going Sheik the full set versus Marth? Or would it be for a specific stage? Yeah, I think so. I don't want to deal with character switches. It might be a thing where it's like, I could see by Marth's play. So like, oh, if I go Fox right now, I could throw him off. And there might be a day where I'm just like, oh, my Fox is playing hot. I'm not going Sheik. Maybe I just go Sheik on FD. Uh, but it, my goal is to get a good period and then maybe try it even for some other matchups where it's like, okay, like maybe I'm not playing great today. I could go Sheik for Falco instead and have a much more controllable matchup, a lot less of a like high variance matchup on my hands where it's someone that I'm like very he- heavily favored against. But because I'm playing poorly, I might just want to bring out Sheik or like maybe Axe takes me to FD with Pikachu. And I'm like, haha, fuck you. And then I bring out Sheik <laughs> yeah. and Shane grab him or stuff like that. So there was an ice set where he took axe at game five and then pulled out like this rusty ass chic and I then brought him down to last stock. Like yeah. I, I think having that, you know, yeah, I remember that. Be very strong. Um, so we got another cool question from chat that, uh, that I want to ask. It's about the, was it best or was it favorite? What was the wording on this? There was, um, sorry. 
what is IBW's best set of all time? So, you know, we, we have our melee stats brackets, which show we just did the melee March Madness, which was the best set of all time. Um, so like, where, what do you think would fit in for you? Like, what would your, the best set featuring Cody be? Uh, I think Edwin and I both mentioned that that probably my favorite set is the H box set. The first one you took off. Yeah. I, I would probably say that's the top right now, just because H box was literally like the number one player for two and a half years and mm-hmm. nobody had beaten him. And then I like, I beat him and I beat him badly. And it was kind of the start of him not being like the dominant number one player anymore. Cause he was pretty unbeatable before that for almost everyone. Like nobody was taking sets off of him. And then that happened. And then dropped a set to Albert. And also that was kind of like the last win in that run where I had like such a bad pools performance, like unforgivably bad. Yeah. You started deep in losers and you yeah. had this like run to fourth. And then I beat like Moki, Mango, Amsa and H box as a player who like hadn't had a top 10 win yet. Period. I will say the other like very memorable set I can think of with you is actually the big house one with Muji King where uh, he, he had that like crazy comeback <sighs> game five, but that yeah. like, it got overshadowed because he beat like hungry box yeah, yeah. set after not to not to bring up old set losses but it, it's been like a year and a half like, no it's fine uh, I, I even a month after like you know someone brought up my mega loss from sunday it's just like it is what it is i just have to move on i like the hbox set i like the first set i took a lot and that shine that was cool yeah that one was that one was really close that was a crazy yeah. shine you and uh, moki both sent left yeah. backing and then moki That's said any one. old player can get it and i laughed a lot The thing is, I have it like, it's weird. So, when you think about like how I came up as a player, like Zane had that crazy like meteoric rise into the Shine mm-hmm. 2018 win. Like I had just as quick of a rise because like I played for a year and a half less than him, and where he was at this point last year is very comparable to where I am now. But I did it in a lot less flashy of a way. Like I don't have that big tournament win yet, and I'm trying to just beat. Like I've slowly getting to a point where it's like I stop losing to people worse than me. I get better, and I still, and then I don't lose to anyone worse than me anymore. And then I get better again, and then I still don't lose to people worse than me. And I very rarely have like a big breakout performance. I don't know if you've ever like. Yeah. I, I don't know why you would look into my results that much, other than just it came up on the show. But it's not flashy at all. No, I I remember your rise in. Uh, it was probably early 2019 was the time when people really thought of you as. Like a, a top 10 player top 10 yeah. player um but even then you know you were what rose from 50 spots from 80 something to 33rd 34th or whatever yeah 84 to 34 i think yeah um I, i've talked to edwin about this there's like you'll see this in players sometimes where their perception of them will be different than like maybe how they actually are if they mm-hmm. have one or two matchups that like auto wins uh, and then they can fill in the rest, right? Yeah. Like, we, we see that now in the online era. If you're able to beat every single Fox or Falco you play, but if you lose to every Samus, it's like, yeah, you will be considered a top 20 player. Uh, but those players don't necessarily like have the longevity of someone who is consistently able to play like eight out of 10 at every matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Even if the, so, even if the former player you mentioned might like, grab a few more eyes you know yeah. just by virtue of like yeah if you can play 10 out of 10 in two matchups and then play three out of 10 in others i think people will pay attention to you more yeah just play seven to, to, to eight out of ten at every single matchup in the game which is just that's how it is it was kind of crazy like i looked at some of the stats on pg stats the other day and i had like a 70 percent win rate against literally every character 
Like there was no yeah. variance except for like I think Puff, which yeah, I Puff's my favorite matchup. But besides that, I had no variance at any of my wins rates, and I was like, wow, that's like really weird actually. Because I looked at everyone else, everyone else had some crazy type of variance there. Even Falcon didn't have a lot of variance, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, I think during your come up, I remember like you and Jerry were two of the Fox players that weren't like super well known to everyone else who, that kid who was I was so watching. Good. That dude is so good at games. Holy crap. The Joker main? <laughs> He's so good. At, he was so good at Smash. I'm so sad. He, he would have been top 10. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still convinced that uh, Zandu comes back and he like 6 0s Bobby. Oh my god. He's still going to come back and beat him. Tim versus Bobby was the funniest shit ever. It was literally, I was in a Discord with with, uh, Jerry and a bunch of uh, other people. And every single Wednesday, we would ping the Discord at him. He'd be like, time for Jerry Bobby. We'd all get into a call, watch, and just start laughing. God, it was so good. Jerry literally at once rested Bobby like five times on reaction Texture's rest and then looked at the top screen to see what Bobby's reaction was and started laughing at Bobby. (laughs) And it was so freaking funny. The character element to their rivalry, I guess if you could call it that, was so was so funny and just very bizarre, especially like near the end part of the rivalry where Jerry would start rotating to like Marth and, <laughs> yeah. and Sheik. There, there'd be certain so where he would play Marth for fun and then he would win game one and then he'd play Falco for fun. <laughs> yeah. You can see that he's like, okay, well, I guess I want to play another character. I want to rotate like a 3-0 and he'll like ghost like Sheik or Fox or Puff or something and so he's funny. done it he's like 3-0'd him with three different characters what a oh, and you look at him and it, it's just like no <laughs> maybe a smirk if you're lucky like you don't get anything from him yet he's like BMing the entire time this is oh, when this Gary. is when Bobby was like traveling the country like he was really grinding tournaments he was getting better <laughs> like he was a solid player like travel grind he was on a twitch grind I mean he's still I mean he still is a solid Wednesday player. Yeah. through and Jerry all just the fucked him work. every Wednesday yeah he would go there and get demolished it was like 60 and 4 one season Dude, one of the weirdest arcs of Jerry versus Bobby Big Balls, I swear, I'll I'll never forget it. When Bobby would start counterpicking him to Dreamland and Jerry would start counterpicking him to Yoshi's oh, yeah. because Bobby was so used to because I, I don't even yeah. know what it was that caused the the whole like counterpick dynamic to flip in in that matchup. It was Bobby I've never seen anything like crazy. Yeah, it's cuz their Yoshi's games would be like 60 seconds long. Yep. He'd get rested like three times and then just run off. It was so funny. Oh, wait, do you remember people. the first set Bobby played against Hbox where he was up like, a, he was up like what? a bunch of like three stocks to one. Some, like, was it Momocon Momo or something? Yeah, yeah, it was Momocon. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching. I was like, what? Uh, I was like, what is going on? Dude, Hbox kind of picked up a dream and and I was like, big mistake. Yeah, <laughs> he could he could literally have beaten Hbox there. Uh, and I would still be like, "Yep, well, next Wednesday you're gonna lose." So, yep, <laughs> yep. Get your you're still gonna get ready to lose to Jerry. Enjoy it while you can. Oh, I love Jerry. All right, maybe, uh, maybe another question or two, and then then we're done. What do you think, Edwin? Yeah, that sounds. That do you sounds see anything good. that you like in the chat? Yeah, I actually saw something. Uh, Cody, I wanted to ask you this. Sure. Uh, I know you definitely have thoughts for this. Um, from DNK I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, when should East Coast pools and brackets and West Coast pools and brackets get combined at an online tournament? If you have to implement a hard rule, uh, either top sixty-four, or top six, top sixty-four, or top thirty-two, and literally no later. Um, 
I don't know what the exact reason is, but East Coast is always significantly more stacked than West Coast. And I don't care for myself. My goal is to win the event, right? So I don't care who I run into. But for a lot of other players, it will make a big difference for them. Like, uh, people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. You can beat targets to win everyone. Yeah, but you're not going to go from top 80 in the world to beating everyone the next day. That just isn't how Melee works. And so for those people, especially for sponsors, for just notoriety, for stream sets, it is really important to them to play well. And that's why I think seeding at the level should be taken a little more seriously. But uh, you have to, like, not completely screw them over. So I'd say probably top 64. And yes, you're going to run into some connection issues. Yes, you're going to have some people complain. Deal with it. That's me to those players. Deal with it. It's net play. It's the best we have. There's nothing we can do about it. Like, you just have to deal with it. If Wait, what do you think? Oh, sorry. You, no, I agree. I, I think uh, I think Cody makes the good points here. Uh, and, you know, there actually is another question that is related to online events, which uh, piqued my interest. So maybe maybe we'll go out on this one. Uh, so too many Falcos asks, what is the most realistic way TOs try to integrate online events into their offline event structure? So we actually had a, um, uh, podcast episode, not waiting for game podcast or different podcast, too many podcasts, uh, with Sheridan where Ambie and I talked about this very same exact thing. Um, you know, we are coming to a point where we will have offline events coexisting with online events. And, and like, what do you think the future is for that? Pulls for offline. So I hate best of three. Best of three sucks. <laughs> I think that round one pools online, like, could be really, really nice. Uh, you really? Can even, you can even float, like, top. I'm not Whoa. saying, I'm saying if you're going to integrate them, if you're going to integrate them, I'm not saying you have to. If the if the goal is to integrate, that's how I would do it. So that you can yeah. do all best of five. That's wild. I never. Imagine you get eliminated before you even step in the venue. Get fucked. Oh my god. That's <laughs> Wait, that's fine. Then you walk in venue like time to play friendlies. Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, if that's you're going crazy. to integrate it, Whoa, I think it'd be nice. What the hell? Just because you can run all best of five at that point. This is blowing my mind. Oh my god. How, yeah, we, how did none of us think of this? I'll tell you. I that. think it'd be fun. Uh, I get to do all best of five, unlimited setups, and then when people want to play friendlies, everything's not clogged. Because if you need a tournament set and you can actually play friendlies during that time, because when top 64 happens, you only need a fraction of the setups at super majors. And so the rest of the friendlies are still open. The the only thing is like, how do, uh, like how are, how are events going to make money then? Like part of the appeal is that people are like, part of what people are paying for. You have is, to like, sign up for the venue to actually enter the tournament. So if you're going to fly, so you're better fly out there. Like you can't just pay the venue and compete from online, but then what, like, why would you not, if you expect to just get eliminated in pools? Like what's the point of entering that? If you just expect to get eliminated in pools? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that'd be an issue because I'm pretty sure that, um, most people like the appeal of a major, if you're an Owen tour, isn't to go to the major to compete. It's to go there and hang out with people to play friendlies and you just do your pools online. And then you just go to the front venue and play friendlies. I don't think that would. I don't think there are issues I could see with it. I don't think that's one of them. Yeah, so, the, the issues I'm thinking are logistical. Itself, I guess. That's crazy. Wow. So does this happen? Because this this can't happen. Like if, if we have a three day major, uh, Thursday is obviously a travel day. You can't really expect people to play on Thursday. So it have to happen on like Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Or the weekend before. Or the weekend before. Yeah. Uh, sure. That that is the uh, most unique answer I could have expected from this. I I I would have just. I can't believe it. none of us have ever thought of it. That's why I, I have to like sit on it a bit more. Wow, you get it's the best way I could think of integrating them. I was just thinking, uh, have online weeklies and then have that feed into an in person 
invitational or or like i guess that's just sel into summit <laughs> well yeah if you you can do that but to me that's just no different than what we're doing right now yeah and true. so i'm saying like if you want to like integrate with like majors majors like that mm-hmm. i think that'd be pretty cool because again you think about what happens when the pool round of pool start there's no friendlies for anyone it sucks it's really annoying i can't even warm up and have to have the setups half the time and then i go there i have to wait like as a, as a person who's going oh and two it sucks because you play your sets and you have to wait two hours to play friendlies because everything's taken as a top player it really sucks i have to wake up i have to go there i have to get ready to play three games against people that i have a 0.01 percent chance of ever losing against i have to wait for stream for three hours and i probably have doubles i probably have all the other things that have to go on that day i probably have sponsorship obligations and it's not like i'm gonna be like oh wow i have to play my pool sets i'm so treated badly as a top like no but i'm saying it would make a lot of people's like quality of life at a tournament go up significantly I appreciate the answer. That that yeah, is that, one. I gotta, that think, we're I gotta think of that. That's that's wild. Wow, that that'll be a good clip to upload too. By the way, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably a good one for the audience to sleep on too, because uh, this is probably going to take us to the end of the show. Um, all right, Cody, what do you want to share with us? Uh, give give us all your socials. Yeah, do your uh, plugging. How about you plug you guys instead? Well, we've got I plug you all. linked uh, underneath our names in the overlay, but I know that you oh, were true. working your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, it's just youtube.com slash IBDW, I'm pretty sure. And of course, the Melee Stats YouTube you can check out if you want to see our uh, documentaries on Melee. And if you want to watch this or other podcasts or other archive sets from uh, some lost sets that are, are now uh, back on YouTube, you can actually follow uh, the Melee Stats Archive, which is a yeah. new YouTube channel for one-offs and, and uh, stuff like that, which definitely, if you are a fan of Melee Stats, that is something to check out. Edwin, you want to shield the Patreon? <laughs> yes. If you, if you love good Smash journalism and documentary making and podcasting and everything to do with Super Smash Brothers Melee, and you just love what we do in general you can check us out at patreon.com slash melee stats uh it really goes a long way to ensuring that like you know our work is supported and we we hella appreciate it we we love melee we love doing doing a lot of what we do for the scene but just you know like if you if you have a few bucks to throw our way it really goes a long way in helping us do more things like having more podcasts getting great guests like Cody and others on being able to, uh, you know, spend a lot more of our time working on, on our documentaries. I know it's been a few months since the last one came out, but trust, trust me, it, it goes a long way. We appreciate it. And if you get time, check it out. Yeah, do it. Awesome. And uh, any sub tournaments coming up, Cody? Any anything that people can uh, look forward to? Might do a custom stage tournament in the off weekend. I have to see if there's any qualifiers, and if it is, I have to do it on the other day. But I might do the custom stage tournament because the new custom stages are dope. I don't know if you've seen them; they're really, really cool. I have seen them. I haven't seen them played. I haven't played on them yet. They're really cool. I would actually highly recommend, like, just for fun melee stuff, where it's you don't have to try hard. I think it's super fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you can sub to him. And that sounds like an incredible tournament to just enjoy. I, I know uh, the last IBW sub tournament I watched was also a fun one. So uh, I would uh, I would recommend that. And uh, of course, the big thing is uh, watch Cody win SEL week. And now we're talking. There we go. <laughs> now we're talking. Watch him win SEL week two. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was fun. 
No, I, great guest to have on. It I appreciate you uh, breaking off a new podcast with us. Absolutely. Happy to do it anytime. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you for being on. Uh, and the viewers, I appreciate you for sticking around. So we are going to see you next week on Waiting for Game, where we can talk about SEL Week 2 and whatever else is going to come up. I'm, I'm sure in between then and now, Melee is going to have a lot to talk about. All right. See you guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.